0: Welcome back to another episode of Live of Carisha. I would like everybody in the building to give a warm welcome for New York Times bestselling author, Zane. It is an honor. It is an honor. Thank you for having me. So let me just start by saying I never in a million years would have ever guessed that I would actually sit next to you. Like I was reading your books back when I was, I probably shouldn't have been reading them. When I was much younger, I learned quite a few things, quite a few things. So it's like, it's kind of surreal to be sitting next oh, to well, you. thank you. I'm like freaking out. Thank you.
1: But it's okay, <laughs> I'm gonna get through it. <laughs>
0: it's okay. <laughs> so first question, what made you start writing? Like, let's start, let's start at the beginning.
1: Oh, wow. Um, even as a child, all of my teachers said I was gonna grow up and become a famous writer. I didn't really buy into that, or even really want to do it until I got older. And then I started writing these short stories over the internet. Believe it or not, 25 years this November, November 1997. I just, as a joke, started writing these short stories. Over the next three years, I became extremely popular over the internet. And this was before any of the social media, before Facebook, before any of that. Um, I decided to put out The Sex Chronicles under a fake name Zane, which is a fake name, um, in May of 2000, Mm. and I went on and sold, self-published, 260,000 copies in the first three months. Jesus Christ, congratulations. And, um, you know, because what happened, I had built up such a audience that when a book came out, all the bookstores and distributors were like, oh, wow, there really is a Zane book. Because there had been a rumor out that I had a book out. Um, I put that out in May. I followed it up with Addicted, that I had already written, again, just to be on my computer, in August of um, 2000. In November of 2000, the New York Times did an article mm-hmm. that said Addicted was the hottest paper back in the country, but people were addicted to trying to find a copy of Addicted. I couldn't print them, you know, I couldn't print the books fast enough. Wow. So I signed with Simon & Schuster, um, and I know this is, de- I've broken a lot of records, this is definitely one. Simon & Schuster signed me to seven contracts for 15 books in less than one year.
0: At the, this was at the start of your career?
1: Yeah, the start of my career. And at the time, Walden Books was still existed, it's out of business now. But Walden Books, they had a top 15 African American book section every week, and at least seven of the books were always mine, always mine. And I just went on the break. You know, it was so funny because everybody said, "Oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't write erotica." And then after that, every publisher was looking for the next me because I am the only author who's ever had four out of five of the bestsellers on the Essence bestseller list at one time. Um, "Addicted" outsold the number was the number one selling book for the Black Expressions Book Club. The whole ten years of his existence. And the second author to me, I was the biggest selling author there. And I'm just saying all this and to let people know, don't let people keep you from what you want to do. That's the only reason I'm saying this. I was number one um, the whole time, and T.D. Jakes was number two. Shout out to T.D. Jakes. But we both had the same readers, you know. And I went on and I became one of the most stolen authors, along with James Patterson. Um, I was the most stolen author from libraries and bookstores and all of that. And that's all after people thinking, you know, that I couldn't do this. And in the beginning, a lot of bookstores refused to sell my books because of the content. And I just kept doing, you know, what I was doing. And here it is, you know, 25 years later, and I've had, you know, two successful cable series, actually the number one series in Cinemax history. (laughs) um thank you i'm just i'm just letting her go just go ahead and no talk, i just, mean, you know because i, I want to inspire people because i know i'm a inspiring lot of myself here tonight and so i feel it's important to say, you know addicted was made by lionsgate you know and starred boris kojo and a whole lot of other people we were number one at the box office opening weekend you know and now um i write and direct several movies now uh, i still write books i have 38 new york times bestsellers I went on and I published over 120 other authors and ran five imprints of Simon & Schuster, including New York Times bestsellers like Omar Tyree. I so wait, you
0: knew? you knew Omar Tyree? I know Omar Tyree. Oh
1: my. <laughs> God. Do you guys
0: all talk like Sister Soldier, Omar Tyree, Eric Jerome Dickey, like Terry McMillan? All of us
1: know you know what dickie passed on oh, but yeah that. i do know all of it. i know terry i mean we it's a listen if you don't do black network. books you got to know that the, the starting yeah, five that's the but Yeah, over. i know sister soldier i know terry mcmillan mm-hmm. you know i pretty much i published ray j's book keith sweat's book um a bunch of other books and now yeah. i'm the president of a film network Um, Very recent. Um, That's my latest thing. I just became the president of a film studio. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to have present, you know, uh, studios in D.C., Atlanta, Baltimore, and L.A.
0: So Um, let me ask you this. I don't don't want to cut you off.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead.
0: How how long does it take you to write a novel?
1: Because you write them so fast. My shortest, my record for a novel was ironically Afterburn, which is the book that went the highest on the New York Times bestseller list ever and I wrote it in four days. I wrote Addicted originally in 19 days. The shortest time it's taken me to write a movie script was actually recently this year because I directed a movie in July called Killer B&B that'll be out later this year. Um, and I wrote that script in 36 hours.
0: Oh my gosh, so why why erotica? Like, why was that your niche?
1: You know, it's funny, I never chose erotica. Erotica kind of chose me. If anybody told me I was gonna grow up and become the queen of erotica, I would've laughed in their face. And even when I started writing the short stories, I had never read erotica. I think with me, I'm a very detailed writer, and I just didn't, when it came to the sex scenes, you know, I didn't have a filter like any other thing that I write. So um, it was shocking to me that people weren't already doing that. I was more shocked than anybody else when, you know, women started emailing me and saying, you know, thank you for making me feel normal. And I don't mean just uh, women in the United States, and I don't mean just a black women. You know, I have, you know, it's like a, it became a global, like almost like movement. You know and i've been very blessed and the thing that you know simon and schuster did for me that i could not have done for myself they did make me a global brand like i've been translated in you know several different languages um you know i just and in my movie i wish i never met you that i released in may um it's won over two dozen awards i actually just won in july best international film by a female filmmaker at the Toronto Diverse and Black Film Festival. I'm very grateful for that. What was
0: that like when you found out that you won that award?
1: You know, it's interesting. I'm always pleased to win awards, but I'm always so focused on whatever I'm doing next. Like literally, I won that award on July 16th. I started shooting and that was in Toronto. I started shooting Killer B and B here in Atlanta the next day on July 17th. So I was already totally immersed and focused on, you know, doing that, to be honest. But I'm very grateful um, to have won, you know, all the awards that I have. And, and again, don't give up, you know, if people do what you feel you want to do, because people are always going to talk about you. Amen. And they're always going to talk about you. Like when I won the NAACP award, I'm sure people talked about me, you know, and, but so- it, it is what it is.
0: So many questions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, where originally are you from? DC. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so is, and I know you went to Howard. Yes. So, a lot of your writing, you talk about like Howard in some of your books. Like, I remember that. Like, did you?
1: Some w- of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Were some of the, the things you written? I know what
1: you're about to ask me.
0: Were those situations that you went through?
1: Um, like, a when, lot
0: of, I'll say this
1: a lot of stuff in my books are true. Because it went down. But I never tell people what's true and people would never in a million years be able to guess what's true. I'll put it that way.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. we, we can take that. Have you ever taken a break? Do you ever stop and go on vacation or has it just been <laughs> nonstop killing the publishing game for the past 20 years?
1: Um, I, unfortunately, I don't take a lot of vacations. It's very hard for me to take a vacation. I do travel a lot, particularly prior to COVID. I think my, Last tour, I did 28 cities in 35 days. So I've seen a lot of places, but, and you know, and that included international. But me taking like vacations, now I need to take more vacations, to be honest.
0: So I noticed with your erotica novels, and when I first, when I first started reading your books, the first thing I learned from reading your books was that black people make love. Cause mm-hmm. I, when i was younger when i was in high school you know i didn't really know much about that but i used to read your novels and see stories about like black men making love with black women like mm-hmm. it was amazing so my question to you is um you know with the boundaries and the taboo like in the black community like that they don't really make love and are not passionate in the bedroom do you feel like is that why you you stuck with that niche and why you were so like no. I kind of not, not holding got, back
1: with the writing. I got offended um, that people were upset that I was doing what I was doing, and to be honest with you, you know, may he rest in peace. Eric Jerome Dickey was really like the only popular author at the time who really supported what I was doing the way that I was doing it. And in fact, he ended up a lot of his books started becoming more erotic and more erotic. Very. And we actually had the same agent you know, um, who I still have. But he is the one that actually found my agent for me when I first started because he was reading my short story. So both of us have been with the same agent for decades. Hmm. So he was very supportive. Um, other people were not as supportive, but that's fine.
0: <laughs> Has your writing
1: ever affected your personal relationship? um i intimidate people tom Jordan used to tease me about that all the time um you know particularly with like when the sex chronicles was on tv and for those of you don't know um my first series is called zane's sex chronicles which was actually based on my real life and patrice fisher who's currently on saint and sinners actually portrayed me on the show so there have been a few shows since then but i was the first african-american woman to have a scripted television series based on my real life so because of that um it's it's you know has its ebbs and flows i'll put it that way okay but i mean you can imagine you know you're sitting there with somebody and then the show comes on and they're like um... you know having this like amazing sex and stuff and you have to wonder like you know am Uh, i measuring up (laughs) right did that question
0: never come up like in your relationship like Did did your significant other ever sit down and be like, am I doing a good job? Like, is this- Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you know, and because
1: I've written tons of stuff, I've had a sex toy line, I've written tons of stuff about masturbating and stuff like that. I've had that question like, what do you even need me for? (laughs) You know, because I'll be honest, I'm very in tune with my sexuality to the point that I can have an orgasm anywhere. I mean, I can have an orgasm walking down the aisle in the grocery store you know i can have an orgasm that sounds like fun and i you know i can have an orgasm sitting in church shameful not sitting in church shameful but true so so when you're that in tune with your sexuality yeah it can you know be a bit intimidating
0: so have you ever thought about maybe teaching a class to um the females about understanding their body and how to have an orgasm because some well, don't girls know. don't they're well, not I, blessed to understand how to do
1: that a lot of people don't know that i actually have a sex manual i don't know if y'all knew that it was a it was a new york times bestseller called dear g spot and in dear g spot and i assume i can say whatever on this show absolutely honey speaking okay. truth but like in dear g spot i have chapters like how to really ride a damn dig um how to really suck a dick. Um, the art of masturbation. So in other words, I kind of already taught that if people- So you taught how ta- to
0: suck the penis? Like you mm-hmm. have tics that we, you can unlock the next level for There's a it.
1: chapter, this is a funny story. There's a chapter in there called how to really fuck, fuck a man, the bottom line. So I was doing a book <laughs> signing at the Kappa convention one time and I forgot what city it was in, but it was funny because I told a bookseller, I said, bring a bunch of dear G-spot because it had just come out recently. I said, I bet you I'm going to sell every one. So all I had to do, the men, like I would hear men, like this one guy, I heard him over there. He was like, you know, that's Zane over there. You know, that's the one that writes that stuff that makes you want to knock a hole in something. (laughs) So what I would do, I would open up the book to page 189, which was a chapter on how to really fuck a man, the bottom line. And I would be like, you need to buy this for your wife or your girlfriend. And the men were like okay yeah and then i would autograph it and i like, say the guy's name was david and his girlfriend was mary i would be like mary make sure you fuck david down into the mattress after you read this book
0: and i sold all the books well you definitely had your own lane that's yeah. that's for sure no one could take yeah. that
1: away from you yeah. who
0: would you say was your biggest celebrity supporter like who follows you that's like oh my god
1: i can't really say Okay. But they're big, big. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not gonna put them out there like that. Oh,
0: really? Oh, you can't tell <laughs> but us? But
1: oh. I'll say this, as big as it probably gets, you know, I'll say that, but, you Is know. it the
0: president? Because yeah, <laughs> Barack like, and Michelle look like they do some things in the bedroom. I'm just gonna say it.
1: I have some very, you know, well-known people that read and support my That's work. That's I'll put it that way.
0: So do, I, do this celebrities call you for sexual advice? Like, has Beyonce called you, like,
1: cute? you? T- I'm not, you know, I'm not saying oh nothing about nothing in regards to that. Right, so let's talk about. You know, just thing. like, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So, yes, I know a lot, you know, I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a private, you know. Right, right. Thing, just like I expect them to keep what I talk to them about private. Right. Mm-hmm so this just wow i am responsible for y'all being able to see boris cojo's ass in a movie though y'all gotta give me props on that now so i I, had him neck in the shower for you (laughs) the transition
0: (laughs) the transition to movies. so when did you decide to start producing movies like
1: actually i've been doing television and film since 2007. hmm. a lot of people just still think i you know primarily do the books but i actually have been doing television and films since two thousand seven, so fifteen years now.
0: So what mood do you need to be in? Do you specifically need to be in to write this this hotness? Like do you have to be like kinda in a certain kind of mood or feel some kind of way or is it just like No, because the way?
1: for me and the only reason I've had this longevity is not really the sex scenes. It's every it's the character development. It's the making people you can write about if i was just writing about people fucking quite frankly that would have lasted about a year Mm. you know what i mean it's the people getting into into the characters and stuff even when i did my first cinemax show for example it became the um you know the highest rated show in their history and part of it was because unlike their other shows people really wanted to know what was happening with my characters you know they did focus groups and found out people were really and that's actually and I can say this on, you know, the show, that's actually when Cinemax decided to start doing primetime programming because before then they were just doing the late night stuff and showing movies, but when I did my show and I told them from day one, I want I didn't even want to know who was number 1. I didn't want to know what numbers I had to do to be number 1. And I wanted them to track how many subscribers I brought to the service. You know, and it really made a difference, but it's really the care like if you read my books, honestly, um, you could get to the sex scene and be like, I could have just said, and then they had sex, and kept going, right. and it still would have been a full story. So people are really into the story. Like, even when I did like anthologies, I would ask people, if they just sent me a sex story, I'd be like, now tell me why I should care that these people even have a sex in the first place. And that's what I want to hear. And that's the difference between erotica and pornography. Do,
0: do you do you get do you feel like you got your flowers for paving the way for all the up and coming authors that jumped into the erotica lane because you really made a way for so many other black females to start writing? Like got my
1: flowers? Yes, your yeah. respect.
0: You don't feel like you have? Yeah. Can we give her an applause? we <laughs> give her flowers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let you know, like, you inspired all the girls. Even when I was in college, like, I used to know girls that wanted to start their own books, and the first person they would say was, I want to be like Zane. Like, oh, that's sweet. It was you.
1: Now, I will say, I've gotten a lot of people saying that to me, but when you say flowers, like, from other successful authors that have come into this lane, I would have to give that a, a no. But it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Because for me, I never wanted it all to be about me. If it was all about me, I would not have published 120 other authors and 900 books by other authors. And Allison Hobbs, who writes erotica, I think I published 39 books by her alone. You know what I mean? So that I admire you know, the writing craft of others, which is why I do that. Because at one point, I was publishing 60 books a year by other people.
0: What, what advice can you give to to couples, especially black couples, that have problems with like keeping it spicy with their relationship? Like, is what? there a way to like, to like just fuck your man's brain off so he never cheats? <laughs> Not that I have those problems. I mean, I'm the diva. But I for think the people that like, have well, those problems. Let me problems. just
1: say this is advice for all couples, because everybody sees my shows, even though they're primarily, you know, Black focus, I have people of all races on my shows. Mm -hmm. And in fact, my audience for my shows was like 70% white, my actual audience for the shows. Mm -hmm. So this advice is for everybody. Um, If somebody wants to cheat, male or female, there's really not much you can do to fuck them enough where they're not gonna want to cheat, um, to be honest with you. Um, As far as keeping stuff spicy, it's really all about communication and not only that, but not having the fear of being judged. I think a lot of people are with people they're not truly comfortable with. Mm. If you're not comfortable enough to go home and get naked and hang from the chandelier and you know, hand a man a dildo and be like, okay, fuck me with this and find my G spot. I mean, if you're not comfortable around someone, enough to like really be yourself that's going to be the problem and the other thing i have to say is for women don't sit there and wait for the man to make the first move i've seen so many women that will lie there they'll be horny and but they'll wait for the man to make the first move never if you're horny you know i'm taking him. it
0: yeah yeah exactly all of it exactly i don't know women
1: please don't wait if you're horny just go for it like exactly please. and that's what my, now there's some men there's some men that have an issue with that but most men would love it you know what i mean they would love it what a wonderful day this is that you came to this show
0: <laughs> god bless you <laughs> i always thought i had something wrong
1: with me but i just remember you sure no, that there's no. nothing wrong with me i mean if you can't for me sex should be the time or one of the times in life where you should feel the most alive You know, to be honest with you. If you don't feel that way, then there's something wrong with whoever it is that you're fucking it's not the right situation for you. If you don't feel like it's relieved if you're stressed out having sex, then that's not the right person for you. Sex is supposed to be a stress reliever. You know what I mean? Not stressed out having sex. Yeah, I mean, but you'll be surprised. You know, and like one of the biggest questions and reason I put that chapter in there, a lot of women quite frankly, are scared to get on top. What? They are.
0: In 2022?
1: Yes. No. Yes. We're not. Yes. They are. Oh, no. They really are. They're scared to be in that position of control. Are you serious? Where there are other women that love that. You know what I mean? But a lot of women still have that issue. I mean, if I had a dollar for everyone that's asked me how to be on top or how to ride a dick, you know, it'd be crazy. That's why I put that chapter in that book. That's insane. Yeah, so people feel, and a lot of women have trouble having orgasms with it when they're with a lover, because they're so worried about being judged and all that stuff. So I get emails all the time from women who say they can have an orgasm when they're masturbating, but not when they're with a lover. And I tell them you're probably having it, but it's not as strong. Right. First of all, and secondly, you're probably worried about how you look, you know how you're doing, how you line up to other people they've been with. You know, if you really fly your freak flag, are they gonna be worried about how you know so much? I know women that have done that where, you know, I know they were stone cold freaks, but when they met the man they wanted to marry, they played dumb in the bedroom.
0: Cause you don't want him to be like, oh my God. Like, like how knows. many
1: other men, right. seen, and I've had that issue before. Yeah. Like, you know, one, like the one, like with well, shit, how do you know how to do this? You know, how many, you know, that kind of thing. But we don't, as women, we really want men to have experience and to know how to pleasure our bodies but a lot of times we feel uncomfortable really really showing who we are mm. and like i said you know it's keeping it spicy just do something different so do you
0: do you feel like so when people say things like oh i have to have a threesome to keep my boyfriend do you so that's fostering like a woman shouldn't have to like you know give if she it for doesn't another want girl. to and i get
1: that a lot too if she doesn't want to do it hell no she shouldn't do it right if she wants to do it i mean if people if people wanna do something, I say go for it. But if it's something that you're uncomfortable with and you're doing that just to please somebody, then no, you shouldn't do it. Okay. And the same thing goes for a man. Cause a lot of women wanna have threesomes with two men. You know? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that.
0: Either. It's getting real pricey up here in the hot seat today, y'all, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
1: Nothing wrong with that. No I, mean, any- I don't judge. I, mean, I don't judge anybody. I mean, I have friends that like to have trains run on them. Oh my God. I have friends that or go on a week long vacation by themselves and fuck like eight different men while they on vacation. Oh my God. Zane. You know what I mean? It's it's you know It's going know, down
0: it's it, which I know snow. a group
1: of married women from the D C area who go to Jamaica every year and their husbands think it's just a girls trip. But they go over there and they fuck everything walking. They and gonna they come get their groove
0: back. Yeah jesus christ yeah. we're going to go into hot seat questions because you have literally turned up the live with parisha show to the next level i didn't think i could be outdone, but i feel like you've just outdone me
1: girl so, you, you said you read my book i read your oh trust
0: me i'm the, I'm the queen freak around here let's go into hot seat ready for hot seat say yeah all
1: right it's not too spicy but it's a little spicy do you like skittles do i like skittles mm-hmm Okay, then oh, you mean just the candy? Yes. Oh, no, I thought it was some freaky shit. No, <laughs> right, no, uh, I thought it was some new sex thing. Oh my God, oh my God.
0: Have you, <laughs> have you ever had a disagreement with a cop?
1: Have ever what?
0: Have you ever had a disagreement with a cop? Yes. Have you ever had a threesome?
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Do you own any red bottoms? No. What is your signature fragrance? Um, alien. Have you ever been to Freaknik? Yes. Do you prefer cats or dogs?
1: Um, I don't really like either, but right now I have a cat named Puppy at home. That's cute. So I guess, <laughs> yeah. his name is Puppy, yes, he's really crazy.
0: Where is your dream vacation spot?
1: Um, it used to be the Moon Palace in Cancun. Um, now, I really don't know. Maybe the
0: Caymans. Would you rather have lunch with Oprah Winfrey or $25,000 in cash?
1: $25,000. Can
0: you speak any. Can you that's sp- only,
1: there's a reason behind that, but yeah,
0: $25,000. Can you speak any other languages?
1: No, but I'm learning Spanish right now, trying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is your biggest fear?
1: Mm, probably I would have to say failure because I've never really had that experience yet and I don't know how it would feel if that happened. Like, I always go into things manifesting things and manifesting success. That is a fear of mine, a fear of failure.
0: Hmm. Who is your favorite actress?
1: Mmm, That's a tough one. Is it really? Yeah, I can't even answer that.
0: Okay, have you ever cheated on someone? Yes. Who, <laughs> Who
1: is your celebrity crush? oh that's easy and he knows it because i'm his personal stalker idris
0: oh my god that's my celebrity crush
1: Uh, i'm his personal stalker any event that he's at you stalked him yeah i go to him i say do you always go to him and i say do you remember me and he says in his british accent of course i remember you zane and i give my hug and my kiss and i'm like good for the whole night and i tell him i say i'm good for the night now i can leave Yeah." yeah Yeah, that's my celebrity. So
0: you done met the man before? Oh yeah. Do he smell good in real life? Mm-hmm.
1: No. <laughs> Smells good, looks good, sounds good, yeah. That's so exciting. That's definitely my, you know, I joke about that all the time, but yeah, I'm his personal stalker. I would die. <laughs>
0: Who is a political figure that you admire? Oh, President Barack Obama. That's amazing. And do you have anything you want to tell the camera for this wrap-up on this magnificent taping of Live with Carisha?
1: Um, if you have a dream, go for it. But remember that goals are dreams with a deadline.
0: And where can the people follow you at at home?
1: Um, Planet Zane on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, I always forget my exact name. But if you type in Zane, it's the one with millions of followers. It's the first one that comes up. And on Twitter, you know, I don't even remember my name on Twitter, to be honest. I don't go I'm on Twitter. You don't tweet these days. Nah. Mark, you're have- still
0: on Facebook,
1: huh? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram.
0: We love to see it. Make some for the beautiful Zane checking in with us today online. Make sure on all platforms. You know where to follow me at, at Carisha's Diva the most Amazing interviews in the industry, everywhere at home. Stay fabulous, stay blessed, peace. <laughs>